Habakkuk, the last chapter, Habakkuk, if you can spell that without looking at your Bibles, then you get a free pizza pizza. Habakkuk chapter 3, and verse, verse, chap, verse 19 of chapter 3. Habakkuk is before Zephaniah. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 19. Everybody there? Okay, it says this. Yet I will exult in the Lord... And I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. He has made my feet like hinds feet and makes me walk on my high places. Sometimes when we think about uh, difficult times, sometimes we think of uh, challenging times that we face in the details of our life or with whatever aspect of the life we're living, we find ourselves sometimes in a struggle with trusting God or waiting on the Lord. And it'd be very easy for us to become either frustrated or to react to the plan and lose sight of the purpose of the plan. And when we do that, it's very easy for us to take matters into our own hands, isn't it? But we start to think, what am I going to do? You ever ask yourself that question? What am I going to do? What am I going to do here? I think that's really the wrong place to start that conversation regarding that subject. What are we going to do or what am I going to do? And whenever we start addressing circumstances in our life from that question, then we're already starting off at the wrong wrong foot. We have to understand, and I'm really preaching to myself tonight as well, we have to understand, like, what is the purpose that God brings us to certain places in our life where we are seemingly by ourselves or alone or without provision or in controversy or in difficulty or struggle. And we ask ourselves, why am I here and why is this happening? Where's the Christian life of all the blessings that people talk about? And the very purpose of God and his plan for any mature Christian is to lead us to places in our life where he wants us to live in victory in those areas of our life. High places... In the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 33, verse 29, and other places in the, in the Old Testament, speak of places where people would worship idols and they would sacrifice things and animals and even people to their gods on these high places. They were hills that were located on the countryside of Israel. And on these hills were like these dedicated sites 
Uh, when we were visiting Cyprus on our last mission trip, uh, the family that hosted us have right behind them a huge kind of like a hill, like a mini mountain. And on the top of that mountain is an old uh, temple to Apollos. Up there, some of the, the columns are still there, and it's very quite desert-like, and there's old Roman money up there, and there's some statues, and there's also scorpions and very poisonous snakes up there. <laughs> so not really a great tourist spot. And so not a lot of people go up there, except for one time I took a team with me, Matt Laflame and Roger Robbins and Lizzie Robbins, and um, uh, they decided to go up there one morning. So they went up there and uh, were not bitten, thank God. But these high places during the Greek and Roman times and also during the times of ancient Israel were places that were dedicated to uh, worshiping idols, uh, things that were, that were uh, images and items that robbed people of their relationship with God. And these high places were dedicated places. They were places where habitual worship went on. And habitual worship of false gods and idols and demons and Roman and Greek mythological gods. What are the high places today that exist in our American society? They are places that are places that are high profile and they are places where people habitually go. We habitually go to worship things such as fear, worry, uh, places where we go to worship bitterness or bi worship our anger that we have or places where we worship um, sensuality or uh, money or material things. And there's many, many things that we could worship. But one, one place, one thing that many times people worship on these high places that we would not imagine so quickly that people would worship them is failure. You know, people worship failure. Uh, and what is worship? Worship, highest form of worship is concentration on the Word of God, isn't it? So when we meet together midweek service, and I love these midweek services because they're so special. There's like a special anointing to these. And many times I've gotten, we've gotten seed thoughts on our midweek services for our weekends coming up. And when we meet together at a midweek service like this, we are focusing our attention on the words of God and on the Holy Spirit, and that's the highest form of worship. A person living in concentration on things that they're fearful of or that they're worried about or their health or their relationship problems or whatever may be happening in a person's life is actually a high place in our life. High place means a place that's dedicated to worship something outside of the nature and the Word of God. And that's where a lot of times people meet. We can very easily go to that place and worship fear and worry. But God wants us to experience victory in those places. And how does that happen? Verse 19, the Lord God is my strength. And I love that word strength because... Before God ever deals with problems in the believer's life, he always talks about his strength and his might and his power. Isn't that amazing? The issue is God's strength, God's power, God's faithfulness. Habakkuk is a book about vision and about prophecy and about what God wants to do in Israel. And yet Israel has high places that are still not been surrendered and conquered by God. And so the Lord is our strength. And many times we pray to God and we ask God, 
Lord, give me victory over this in my life. God, give me strength over this in my life. Give me power over this in my life. And we kind of wait for God to do something in the sense of some miraculous work where he takes away the temptation or he takes away the, uh, the distraction. But really what God wants to do is he wants to infuse you and I with the strength of his grace, the strength of his love and the strength of his faithfulness so that he can make our feet like Heinz feet. There's a video and maybe I can find it and show it to you later afterwards. There's a video of these, and Pastor Schaller showed it to me in Baltimore uh, last week. Did you guys see that? It's, I saw it. They're these, these, um, these goats that live in the Himalayas, and they can jump straight down, like, like there's two pinnacles that are like 50 <coughs> meters high. I don't know how many feet that is. How many, how many feet is 50 meters? I think uh, one meter is one yard. Right? So what is that? 150 feet? Okay, so imagine two pinnacles going straight up into the sky, and you have these mountain goats jumping off of one, bouncing off the other one, bouncing, bouncing all the way down. They also showed a video of one of these hinds that was a little baby hind that was being chased by a fox. It went up into the, into the cliff and stood on a ledge that was two inches wide. <laughs> And he just stood there, and the fox couldn't get to it. This is like a little baby hind. These, some of these um, mountain goats or hinds, or whatever you call them, could be maybe up to 80 pounds. But they have these special feet that whenever the foot, it's, it's split, it's a hoof, and that whenever there's pressure that's applied on the hoof, on rock, the, the hoof splits, and it kind of grapples onto the rock. God wants to make our feet that way. And so he brings us in circumstances in our life where we are, we are brought by God to this place where in our past it used to be a place of worship. For example, if I get, and I'm, not, I'm just I'm talking to myself, all of us here tonight, and I want to make this very practical. If, if I have circumstances in my life that bring me to a place of great, of great frustration and in the world, I would, I would, what would I do to relieve the frustration? There, there. Okay, one. Anne Marie said, "Yell, hit someone." Wow, we got a great crowd here. Uh, drinking, right? Okay, Sarah said, "Drinking." Uh, now I know what you guys used to do before you got saved. <laughs> no, but what we do is we get, we go to these places and when, to relieve the pressure, we go into the patterns of old worship in the high places, right? We get frustrated, we get worried, we, we lash out, or, um, or some of us withdraw, and we hide in our house, and we don't talk to anybody, and we're fearful. And this is a high place. But what kind of walking, in verse 19, does God want us to do? He wants us to walk in victory on these high places. God brings, and this is a very simple message tonight, God brings you and I to places in our life where it doesn't seem like he's answering our prayers. But as we're at this place, he wants to see if we're going to go back to the old high place and worship there and focus on sublimation or some type of substitute 
other than the promises and the grace of God. Or if we're going to stay put, wait on the Lord, and not, and not move. And there's a beautiful promise in the book of Deuteronomy, and it's chapter 22, I'm sorry, chapter 33, verse 29. Let's look at that together and we'll close. Deuteronomy 33, 29. Deuteronomy 33, 29. Beautiful promise here to Israel. Right before the death of Moses, he said, Blessed are you, O Israel. Put your name in there. <laughs> blessed are you, Pastor Tony. Oh, blessed are you, Sarah. Blessed are you, O whoever you are. Put your name in there. Who is like you? Put your name in there again. A people saved by the Lord, or you can say a person saved by the Lord. Who is the shield of your help? Good question, is that? The sword... And the sword of your majesty. And then listen to this. So your enemies shall cringe before you, and you shall tread upon their high places. Isn't that beautiful? This is a promise. God leads us to places in our life that before used to be a place where we would slip back into worship of the old ways. Remember the children of Israel being brought out of Egypt, and they are under pressure. This is when it happens. They're under a lot of pressure. And then they begin to cry out to Aaron while, they're, while Moses is on the Mount Sinai receiving from God the, the laws of the commandment. And they cry to Aaron. And they say, what do they say to Aaron? They said, let us make gods. Let's, let us make a golden calf, our God from Egypt, that we may pray to it, that it may deliver us. And so they took all of their gold and all of their jewelry and they made this, they made this golden calf and they worshipped it. That calf religion actually is very ancient religion. It goes, you notice it's in India because they worship the cows there. It's a very ancient religion. And that's what happened with Israel, the children of Israel. Under pressure, they went back to worshipping their old gods. And so when you and I are under pressure... We are in a place where God wants us in Romans chapter 5, and I'm going to read this to you. You can turn there if you want, but I'm just going to read it to you. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Uh, one of my life verses, I love this verse. It says this, Romans 5, verse 17. It says this, And if by the transgression of one, I'm just going to go to the second part of the verse. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will what? Be victims in life? Be suckers in life? Be deadheads in life? No. It says they, they will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. And this is the will of God that even when we are in desperate need or desperate circumstances, we can stand in our high place and say, you know what, I used to worship another God here. But today, in this circumstance, I'm going, to worship, I'm going to worship the one true God, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, and my God too. And it's really good for us to have like a prayer room or a place of prayer or a place of praise where we can go. And this church is open here. You guys, during the week, can come in here and pray. That's why we're, it's open. Just If it's locked, then just contact Don and the keys are right next door. You know, you come in and pray by yourself. Um, 
worship or do whatever. That's the purpose of this place is to, is to, is to practice the presence of God and to be focusing on his nature and his promises. And so when we are in a place like that, we want to always resort to um, or revert back to the promises of God on our high places. And then before you know it, you'll notice that your skill in treading and maneuvering difficult situations becomes very adept. And you're able to do things that you weren't able to do before. And you remember, wow, a year ago, that used to get me so upset. I used to get so freaked out by that. But now I've learned how to receive grace in my life and how to reign over my high places and how to, and how to, and how to see God, who is the true God, be the God in that, in that situation. So remember this, that when you get led into high-pressure situations, and this will happen during the summer. Summer is a very interesting time. Summer is like a lot of things come out of people's soul during the summer. Don't get condemned and don't get... Don't analyze yourself and don't get freaked out if things come out of your soul that you're like, wow, I'm so embarrassed that that thought came to my mind. Just bring it to the light and just let God take it and deal with it. And during the summer, under high-pressure situations, let's, let's, let's um, pull out the promises and remember that verse that He is going to make us to tread in victory on our high places. Amen.